Welcome to Diversity Conversations, where we engage in thought-provoking dialogue to identify leadership solutions to today's most challenging conflicts. Stream live each week, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. to 11 a.m., hosted by diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist and CEOs Eric Ellis and Tommy Lewis. Join us and add your voice to this engaging diversity conversation. Good morning, Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, the United States and the world. My name is Eric Ellis. I'm the president and CEO of Integrity Development Corporation. And I'm joined this morning by my friend and brother, Tommy Lewis, president and CEO of Make It Plain Consulting. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Tommy. How are you, man? Doing very, very well, Eric. Very well. Excited about this morning. Excited about this weekend. Those who are in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, uh, we have a small football game taking place tomorrow night. Right. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely, man. I mean, we can't hardly sleep or anything. We're just trying to do anything. Let the time go by, so yeah. we can get right there to the TV, and we're going to be watching today, so we can see if we win. Who we're like? We don't want to uh, count our chickens before they hatch in any way. Yeah. Uh, we uh, are, are not disappointed that uh, Lamar Jackson is not going to be with the Baltimore Ravens tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Pay that man. Pay that man what he's worth. Yeah. He, he's played most of the season without that contract. He ain't about to do it down the stretch. So that little tweak knee is going to tweak him right on to the end of the season. Yep, it sure is. This is a business at the end of the day. And uh, when you have your franchise player, you're basically your coach on the field right. uh, who is getting uh, the compensation of your journeyman, if you will. Right. Uh, doesn't, that's not fair. That's not equitable. And it's not working right now. That, as you mentioned, that tweak me is going to be tweaked until that contract is signed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And... Uh, it uh, probably uh, did not go unnoticed to him what happened to DeMar Hamlin here in Cincinnati. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so every one of those football players recognized that at any moment uh, you could be wrapping it up. And yeah. so you want to make sure that uh, you get the kind of compensation that uh, offsets some of that risk and uh, maybe provides for your family if, you, if somehow you don't make it. It's a dangerous sport. Absolutely. Tommy, how was your week, man? Another fantastic week, Eric. Uh, wanted to shout out two uh, partners of ours, two clients. Uh, one is In Circle. In Circle is in uh, the Virginia, West Virginia area. Uh, they provide uh, uh, in-home care as well as uh, 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 external or out-of-home care for those who are severely disabled, okay. right? Uh, and so they're a huge organization. We've been partnered with them for about two years, and we're moving into 2023, working on their strategic plan as they are pursuing growth. Uh, they want to provide more services. Uh, they want to provide more opportunities to attract talent from not only the Virginia, West Virginia communities, but also across the nation. And they have a phenomenal leadership team from their board of trustees to their executive team as well as their diversity, equity, and inclusion professional, who I coach, as well as their CEO. And this week, Eric, it was made to me 
uh, once again, that they are truly committed to the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They are putting the sweat equity in, the financial investments in, they're putting the time to take a look at what's working well and where there's those areas of improvement. And so I wanted to mention that because sometimes, Eric, we work with individuals and organizations who check the box. Right. That's not the case here. Right. Well, that's good. Another, another shout out. I got to give a shout out to my good friends over at Kelly Youth Services. Okay. Um, Kelly Youth Services here in Cincinnati area. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Kelly, who's a former former Cincinnati Bengals player, and his wife, Tiffany Kelly, fantastic people, fantastic people. And Kelly Youth Services, they too have a phenomenal organization providing those that uh, well-needed homes and care for our young people who have, uh, who have lost their way. Okay. Who have lost the way in many cases, or do not have a home to go to, right. right? And so Kelly Youth Services with Joe and Tiffany Kelly and the team, we were doing some staff training with them this week and looking to circle back uh, this upcoming week to continue to work. Excellent, man. That's great news. Uh, and I always like it when we start had an excellent week. That's a good thing, man. And uh, that's kind of the way we look at life. Uh, that uh, each day that we get up, you know, it's a good day and uh, and then a good week. Uh, we had a chance to uh, sort of launch uh, our core council that we've had them in an orientation for the last several months, educating them, preparing them with the skills. They finally got a chance to take the reins themselves this last week and, uh, you know, off to a great start. I'm excited to be uh, working with them, excited for the co-chairman leadership that they have there. Uh, also, we uh, uh, sort of completed our inclusion uh, assessment, uh, 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 the sort of digital survey with Public Citizen. So we uh, really pleased to be working with them and learning a lot about that organization. We took all their leaders through the IDI, uh, you know, intercultural inventory uh, competency assessment. Now we're doing the inclusion survey across the organization. We'll follow that up with focus group interviews and then looking at their systems and processes. So excited about that. Uh, we are uh, launching our work with four C's for children. And so we're glad to have them on board as a new client. Uh, updating our website, uh, Tommy, that should be uh, finishing out sometime uh, early uh, February. And so we're excited about that. Interviewed a couple of PR firms uh, that are going to be working with us uh, this year because this is the year for you and I uh, scaling our businesses and really, uh, you know, taking ourselves uh, out from under the uh, the bush and uh, trying to make sure that the world gets a chance to uh, get some exposure to who we are. And I think that at times, Tommy, we have to be a bit more intentional about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, working with, uh, a, 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 I'll be working with hopefully a, a group of pastors in Avondale, uh, mm -hmm. the collaborative faith uh, group there that's looking to develop a strategic plan. So I had a chance to meet with uh, their leader and I'll be putting a proposal before them. Uh, but I really do think that uh, if the church ever comes together and really begins to work as a team and as a unit and lean in on their faith, uh, that's a, uh, a tremendous uh, resource, uh, Tommy, for this community, uh, this state, this city, uh, this country. 
And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, also, I had a chance to continue writing music. You know how much I love music. I had a chance yesterday to work on a couple of new songs with my son. And then the last thing we did this uh, last Thursday was have a movie night with the family. And we watched the movie Puss in Boots. Yes. So here we all, us adults now, sit down watching this cartoon and having a ball. And I'll tell you, Tommy, that as I sat in the kitchen, as we bought all the stuff that you get at the movie theater, the popcorn, the candy, you know, all the drinks. And I just uh, watched my family uh, walk around sort of preparing to have this enjoyable evening together, man. I realized again that that's the most important thing in all the world is that we get a chance to uh, be around people that we love and being together doesn't cost a thing. And yet it's one of the most uh, rewarding things, the dopamine that your brain gets from being, from spending time with people that you love uh, and having a good time together. I don't take that for granted and, uh, and really just grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, family, uh, incredibly important, Eric. Uh, I do hope that uh, the audience in your movie theater were not unruly. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Now they acted okay. They did fight over some pillows, uh, blankets, you know, had a little bit of tension over the blankets and, lay, and laying all, all across everybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then Penny just jumped in the whole thing, our little dog. She yeah. gets so hyped when everybody's around, like, what is this? <laughs> and she was just going from person's feet to person's feet and mainly stayed at my feet, Tommy. I don't know why waiting for some crumbs to drop. <laughs> what do you think it means that she was hanging around my, my feet the most? Like, right. you the weak link. You the weak link. I know you're going to be dropping stuff. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going anywhere else. Wait for it. Wait <laughs> for it. <laughs> you know, uh, family is fantastic, Eric, and I'm, I'm excited to, to talk with our guests today. Yes. Uh, and, and, and they, in my opinion, um, are very close to family. And what I mean by that is uh, that when I met them uh, several months ago, the transparency, the insights, the energy that I experienced with the, these two individuals, particularly our younger guest, right? And our younger guest and her mother would be with us today. That energy made me stand, sit up in my chair and lean in as if I was in my own family and we were sharing the goodness of what the future has in, in store, right? And to use the analogy of the movie, I was watching the beginning of a great story, Eric. Mm. In the time of our interaction, I was looking at this young person and I said, this is the beginning of an excellent movie, right? right, right and I'm going right. to stay tuned right. and see if I'm around, how does this thing climax and close out? Right. Because when we meet our guests, you're going to see uh, that these, these folks are exactly what we need in the world today. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Tommy, I want to say something about this. Just, you know, I sometimes like to slow down the movie reel just so that we can highlight some things. 
Uh, oftentimes, when people see you and I in our roles, we're talking, we're speaking, we're up before audiences, they may make the mistake of thinking that we are happiest, uh, most fulfilled when our mouth is open and we are somehow talking and teaching others. Uh, I don't think people have any idea how uh, much value, uh, actually the greater, the greater value that you and I get from hearing the valuable insights and input uh, that comes from people who are quote unquote in our audiences. And I just, uh, you know, I, I never wanna lose that because uh, what we do is not about us, it's about others. And I'm just grateful that both of us recognize, you know, they say that you wanna give people their flowers while they're alive, that we recognize right here, right now, in this moment, how blessed we are to uh, make connections with beautiful people. And we're gonna bring them up right now. Uh, and uh, hey, hey, hi. Hi. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. It's great to see both of you. Uh, we're gonna have the opportunity to learn more about you in just a moment. But before we do, I wanna say thank you. On behalf of myself and Eric Ellis, in our show, Diversity Conversations. Uh, thank you, not for just being on our show today, but for being who you are. I'll give a little bit of background real quick for those in our, what we call community. So my company, my organization, Make It Plain Consulting has been a, uh, a partner uh, in a school district in North, Northern Kentucky, Kenton County School District. And they have a middle school, Twin Hoffle Middle School that has a phenomenal administration. They have phenomenal students. Um, and every so often, uh, there's a, a little bit of a, a, a concern or maybe an event that draws in the attention of folks like Kaylee, Bell, and her mother, Amanda. And I had the privilege in working with these two individuals and a few others uh, to really explore what are some solutions that we could put in place to not only address the current event, but also create this environment where every student, every parent, every volunteer and visitor to the building feels welcomed, respected, valued, and a sense of belonging. Kaylee's comments during our sessions blew me away. Very clear very concise, very, very thoughtful, and all of this coming from a beautiful smile. Eric, yeah, I mean, folks are just leaning in like, I don't know what she's saying because I don't understand it. You know, I'm 40 years old and she's her age and I don't understand what she's saying because she talks like she's a, she has a PhD from Harvard already. Okay. Okay. Yes, she does, right? Okay. I'm not embellishing here. I'm right. just I'm really speaking to her insights, right? So with that being said, I'd like to turn it over to Miss Bell and Kaylee, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves uh, and we'll have this conversation this morning uh, and, and love to, to, to have you stick around as long as you like. Uh, but if you have to leave at any point, no worries. But if you would share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> She's me and me. You go first. 
We're really excited to be here. Um, I taught special education in another district in Northern Kentucky for 14 years um, and now work as a consultant for the region. Uh, Kaylee came to school with me every day and would often like give up her recess time or choose to have lunch buddies or some kind of reward in my classroom. Um, and spent time with students with pretty significant disabilities and grew some really amazing friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she didn't see it as just coming in to to help. She came in, she saw it as coming in to, for her own benefit, to grow and learn and, and really provide some friendship um, mm-hmm. for herself and the other kids. Yeah. So go ahead, babe. Um, so I'm a sixth grader at Ten Hawthorne Middle School, as you know. Um, recently, I did um, a mental health, st- reduced mental health stigma podcast with um, other members of the DEI and B committee at my school. And it was a contest and we won first place. So that was, um, <laughs> it was very exciting and I loved working on it. We're going to be able to continue doing it. Um, um. <laughs> it's okay. And I, I remember when when we first started working together on this council at the at the middle school, your middle school, the the council was really focused on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion (DEI). Can you talk to us a little bit, a little bit, Kaylee, about uh, why you wanted to introduce the concept of belonging, such that we ended up changing the council's name to? D-E-I-N-B. Why did you want to introduce belonging? Because diversity. So I always thought of it as like, we have diversity, then we have to include them and like, and like all the things that DEI stands for. But we have to also make sure that they feel like they belong. There's more than just including them you have to make sure that they feel like they belong could you tell us a little bit about you know in, in the day in the life of kaylee at at school what are some of the things that you do to ensure that your friends and other classmates and maybe even other adults uh have that sense of belonging what do you do well <laughs> school my school life is amazing I love where I'm at. Uh, everybody that knows me knows who I am and knows I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just treat everyone like they should be treated. And there's this one kid in two of my classes um, who has autism, and he always needs a little extra help. So I'm always there helping him, making sure he doesn't freak out or get overstressed. Oh, that's great. That's great. And I know Eric may have some questions too, but this next question is for the both of you. Um, you know, Ms. Bill, from your experience in special education, uh, and as you mentioned, you know, inviting uh, Kaylee around uh, previous to her going into middle school. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about uh, the 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 need for special education and maybe even some of the barriers or challenges that 
that the, the, the general population may have with students with special needs? Oh, for sure. I could probably talk for a couple of hours about that. <laughs> um, you know, special education is uh, kind of its own world sometimes. You know, we have our own laws and things that we have to implement to really make sure we're doing what's best and equitable for kids with all different types of disabilities. Um, I truly believe that all kids can learn. And so finding a way to just express that belief to other people who are around these kids. So not just their homeroom teachers or their therapists or the people they'll pass in the hallway, um, but their community members too. You know, anytime uh, somebody comes into a school for observations or, you know, even our business partners in the past dropping off Amazon deliveries or something, um, if they were touring the school, I really tried to make a point to say, like, don't forget to come downstairs and say hi. Um, just because that feeling of being a part of it and that expression that all kids can learn, I think, comes to the top for me. And that's one of the things that I try to put out there. And Yeah, yeah. And Kaylee, with, with you, with interacting with, you know, in particular, with uh, your classmates with special needs. Uh, have, have you experienced, you know, in the classroom, in the hallway, in the cafeteria, ha have you experienced where there have been some mistreatment of your classmates with disabilities? It can be physical disabilities or even mental disabilities. Have you experienced that? And if so, tell us, give us an example of when that's happened, when one of your classmates may have been mistreated and maybe how did you step in to assist? So, I personally haven't seen it, um, which to me that always, I always know that it, it even though I don't see it, it's still happening. It just might not be in ways that are that present. Um, one way that I think someone could mistreat them is by like underestimating them, like saying that you won't or they won't be able to do it, but they they really can they can do anything they're really amazing and they can learn just as well as we do um i love that you said underestimating is a form of mistreatment yeah. because to deny someone their potential um it just makes it worse that's just as bad sometimes yeah yeah i love that as well i, re I really did love that and that's that's the type of uh, insights that I heard from Kaylee before. Right. And so some adults, I know adults that may pass over that, right, real quick and just focus on what they can actually see or what they actually experience. And because what they don't see or don't experience, sometimes we say it doesn't exist or there's not a need. And what I'm hearing from Kaylee and you, Miss Bell, that no, it, it absolutely exists and uh, we need to care for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I'm hearing, uh, the word that comes to mind is DNA, uh, acronym there. Uh, and uh, I've been uh, listening to, forgive me for this analogy because it, it doesn't fit it, but it does. Uh, we've all been kind of watching a little bit this, uh, this guy that was working on his doctoral uh, you know, degree 
uh, in criminology, I think, and that, that may have murdered those uh, college students. And part of the way that they're able to identify that it's him is his DNA being at the, at the site. And so as I listen to Kaylee and as I listen to you, Amanda, that is part of what I'm hearing is that your DNA is inside of your daughter. And there's a, a special kindness that uh, sort of is coming forth from both of you. Uh, and uh, it's sort of this fight for everybody, uh, this love of people. Uh, you said something, uh, Amanda, that, uh, you know, you said it really quickly that uh, all kids can learn. Uh, and when you say that, that sounds like it should be common sense. But my experience as a parent is that that's not how uh, every educator interacted with all of our children. Uh, some of the greatest educators in the world, my, my kids had a chance to be students of theirs. And that's wonderful when it works like that. When somebody has gone into this profession because they love it, and they love uh, the young people that they have the opportunity to, to educate. But many, uh, even some in my family, uh, either chose the wrong profession or were burnt out. And so they just, they got in the teacher's lounge and all they did was talk negatively about people. And I just think that it's so powerful uh, what you all are believing about others and you are trying to make that happen in the world and I want to say that that's no small thing. Uh, and so I appreciate that from you. I want to ask you both to answer this question. Uh, do most students, educators, embrace DEIB? Uh, if so, why? If not, why not? What are you all seeing? Katie, why don't you start with that? What are you seeing among other students? Is this something that, because we're living in a day and time when a lot of these things are being politicized. And uh, so uh, what are you seeing from your fellow students? We can't hear you. We may have lost your volume. Okay. There we go. Well, I see it. Uh, I see others helping others, which um, our principal always goes on the announcements and says something related to what we talk about in DEI and B. Um, so I do see that that's working. Um, people are being nicer to each other, um, which is really good. Okay. Yeah. I think there was a, a call or maybe a call to action type of thing from the admin to, that asked teachers to put something in lesson plans somewhere, maybe during RTI block or something, if I remember right. Um, to ask the students to come up with their own definitions of diversity. And I thought that was really awesome. Um, that was something we did at the committee mm -hmm. um, that is now kind of snowballing uh, to, the, to the whole school so that we're coming from a place of at least understanding that diversity might not just mean we're all in this place together and we have some things different about us as individuals, but maybe there's more to it than that. Um, so I think that's a that's a pretty cool 
evidence of yeah. it being embraced at least by the the staff at her school um, across the board I would say that's kind of part of the reason why I, I left the classroom and took this job teacher burnout is real and the teacher lounge is a tough place sometimes there is you know negativity out there that's hard to um, to accept and and push to the side. Um, in this new role as a consultant, that is something I'm in several districts in the region um, every day. And I talk to teachers and staff in lots of different positions, not just special education. Um, and the embrace of what DEIB really stands for and can be is happening. Um, I think at that school level, the teachers aren't seeing it just as something political. Um, I kind of joke about special ed buzzword bingo. You know, we go to a meeting and we hear some of those typical education political buzzwords a lot. Um, I, I'm hopeful that it's not just me seeing DEIMB as not that right now um, and, and hopeful that it doesn't get to that point. Um, but what, what I'm seeing right now in the public schools that I'm in is, is an overall embracing of it. Yeah. And, and so with Northern Kentucky, uh, as we look at demographics, uh, there are from a number of different demographic angles from, uh, could be from a race perspective. It could be from a more urban core, Northern, Northern Kentucky, or maybe even rural. Uh, it can be from those who are life lifetime residents of Northern Kentucky, right? Versus those who may have been coming in from outside. When we think of all these different types of diverse people, um, what do you believe is one of the top one, two or three uh, topics that we should address in Northern Kentucky? And if it's not just Northern Kentucky, maybe at the school. In other words, when we wanna move forward, move the needle on DEIMB, what should we focus on to really achieve some form of success? Um, so, of course, all topics are important. Everybody's important. But um, I think race and orientation are something that is uh, bigger than some of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. In, in orientation, I know, uh, Kaylee, per my experience with middle schools and other schools, uh, sometimes some of our teachers and administrators uh, are, are struggling at times to really be empathetic with even the, the concept of pronoun, right? Uh, and I don't know which pronoun to use or, you know, I'm not going to use that pronoun, although that child or even that family have said, yes, use this different pronoun than you think. And so it creates a little bit of a rub, right? Um, again, not to put you on the spot any more than you have been on the spot, Kaylee. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts about? Let me be clear and plain. What advice would you give adults with regards to treating, uh, from a orientation perspective, uh, you know, treating others fairly? What advice? would you give us? We're going to sit back and listen to you. <laughs> um, I've always thought like treat others the way you would want to be treated. 
that's just always been something that that's always been with me like just treat others the way you want to be treated and they'll treat you nicely back um and that everybody's important there's everybody's important there's no even though you see differences it, the differences don't matter they're still amazing people yeah yeah Kaylee, it, it feels to me like uh it would be hard for anybody to be an enemy to you uh because you walk around with such kindness that it's uh infectious uh what do you see when you see the person that might be a bully or they they come to school they got up on the wrong side of the bed what do you see i, I imagine you see an opportunity but what do you see and how do you approach people that aren't nice and aren't acting the right way i'm so sorry she said except my sister <laughs> okay we understand that i got four kids yeah i got four kids that's where the real, you know, they can relax. They feel psychologically safe enough that they can kind of argue and go at each other. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her eight year old sister is very psychologically safe around her. That's right. That's right. So, do you, Kaylee, do you make the, 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 the people like that, the biased people, do they become your targets or your projects? Uh, do you want to find a way to get next to them and influence them? How do you think about them? I mean, I just, even if they're upset or angry or just not in a good mood, I always just still try to be nice to them. Because they don't, I mean, they're usually just in a grumpy mood. They usually don't do anything, like, bad. Like, they don't, like, try to, like, hurt you or anything. They're just in a grumpy mood. So I just try to be nice to them back and hopefully... They'll come around. Mm. And then it, eventually my sister will come around, especially if you have your dinner. Keep working on her. Her sister was kindness. She's like, if you'll just stop, I'll make you dinner. <laughs> okay. A little bribery always works. Yeah, but um, school has seen, uh, with, at least when we were growing up, and certainly we're seeing this a lot today, that uh, school can sometimes be a difficult place. I don't know if you heard about the first grader that shot their teacher. Uh, did you all have any discussion about that? What, any thoughts about that? How that can occur in an elementary She's gonna get on me because I haven't told her about that one yet. Yeah. Um, um, no, you're all right. We, we take time um, away from little sister and it's usually a car ride. Yeah. yeah um, our car talks are, are our times to kind of debrief on those things. And that was, you know, when I talked with her about Damar Hamlin and, and witnessing and what that can, uh, what trauma that can cause just for the witnesses, uh, that was a car talk. Um, most of the school-based traumas have been car talks in the past um, this one just hasn't come up yet because we haven't had time away from little sister <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, to, right. to kind of debrief on that one. Um, but we've talked about other school violence things. Yeah. Do you want to say anything? Um, I feel like um, for teachers, if you're going to become someone that works in a school environment or in a classroom environment or interact or any job that interacts with any other types of kids or people, then you should be you should have a kind heart and a caring soul 
if you don't have those things, which is really sad for the people who don't, <laughs> um, then they should work somewhere where they don't mm -hmm. interact with many other people. This teacher, um, I had very much a kind heart. She saved several students from further injury and um, issues. But yeah. hey, Kaylee, real quick on that, that was, a, in my opinion, that was a phenomenal statement you just made. Uh, absolutely, it was, and so. Would you think that sixth graders or seventh graders, eighth graders, can, can students see when teachers do not have that kind heart? Can you all tell at times? Um, at times, but of course, middle school minds. <laughs> um, some people think teachers or the way they teach their class is so hard and they're so bad, but... Um, they're really not. It's a matter if you know how to do your work and if you see that your teacher is trying to help you. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, I, I think that we, I, I agree with you, Tommy, I was moved by that, that all people that decide to teach kids ought to have a kind heart and caring soul. I mean, we might as well put that up on a big banner in front of every organization as a prerequisite of interacting with others. Come to the workplace with a kind heart and caring soul. Because uh, my experience, and, and Katie, I'm going to ask you about this as well. Uh, were you out of school for a period of time because of COVID? And uh, how did that impact the relationships that students had with each other when they returned? So I was virtual or I um, lost about quarter or about a quarter of third grade. Um, and at that time, um, everybody's just in quarantine. Nothing was virtual. Um, um, it's kind of before that NTA movement. Yeah. Um, and then for about the first half before we started going hybrid virtual, um, we were completely virtual, and um, most kids, unless they were, like, neighbors or anything, they wouldn't really see other students in their class as much because we had, like, a Google Meet or a Zoom call, like, maybe once or twice a day. Um, so they wouldn't really see other students. But I think once we started doing hybrid virtual, um, some days were hybrid, we were going back, some days were virtual. Uh, I think the relationship, I think it was much happier because everybody got to see all their friends again. The coming back part was that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Amanda, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that too. I'm sorry, Tommy, that was just my last one. I don't know if you want to weigh in on that as both an educator and as a consultant. What kind of learning curve did you see schools be on? Uh, where were they missing it at the beginning? And uh, how did you see them close some of those gaps when and if they did? There was, <laughs> there were gaps and changes mm -hmm. and things all over the place. Um, as a special education teacher, I first had to reach out to all the parents of my students and say, you know, here's the thing, like I can't do 
what I view as my job virtually because special education is so hands-on. So Mm -hmm. I um, told all of them that I'm going to kind of pivot and think of myself as a coach for you. And here are all the things that I can give you as parents, resources, things that you can do with your kids at home that I would be doing in the classroom if if we were in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I made that mental shift for myself from student educator to parent coach, mm-hmm. um, that helped me as a parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, get to the point of if the teacher can't do what they can do, what would the teacher advise me to do? And um, Kaylee was in fourth grade uh, and she was she took off on her Chromebook in her room and really didn't need a lot from me other than reminders and, um, you know, a quick cue of did you remember to turn something in? Uh, Her little sister was in kindergarten that year and that was a lot harder. Uh, The. Gaps that we're seeing specifically, I've been called to several schools to work with second graders. I'm like, Mm. what is it with the second grade? I have a second grader at home now. This is a class that started their school career in kindergarten virtually. Mm -hmm. And it was a tough start. And I think as, um, as they're growing now, you know, now that those babies are in second grade, we're seeing some of those things like social skills that are explicitly taught in kindergarten still missing. That gap is not closing like it used to. That, that, that was great for me to hear from both di- dimensions, one from the uh, adult as well as an educator, a professional a consultant, and then the other from the what we call the end user, the student, right? the end user student. So this is a rich conversation for me, I'm sure for Eric, um, as we're, we're, we're thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and the lived experiences of people, the lived experiences. In our discussion today, Kaylee, we just jumped right into some heavy lifting, tough question. Let's pull back for a moment to learn a little bit more about you, right? You're in the sixth grade and we don't expect you to be an adult. As a sixth grader, as Kaylee, what do you like to do? And maybe even, what do you want to be when you grow up? All right. Well, I like drawing and building Legos. Um, I'm very good at building Legos. or That's what my, my mom says. I'm very good at building Legos. Um, I once built and I'm working on, I made an elevator out of Legos that actually worked. Um, and I want to be an occupational therapist when I grow older. Um, I always liked my mom's job. And um, when I found out that um, special education teachers didn't make enough money, I'll just go, I'll just be an occupational therapist. They make enough money. Um, and I actually, um, since this quarter just end last Friday, um, the second quarter just end last Friday, um, I have new elective classes. So one of my um, first elective classes was career choices. Um, so I did a whole project on why I wanted to be an occupational therapist. The career choices class lent to a lot of great discussions in those car talks for us. 
Um, she called my aunt one day in the car and kind of interviewed her about life as an occupational therapist. Um, they had researched different career clusters all semester from August to now. Um, and each week was kind of a different cluster. And then they eventually had kind of a final project that they presented. And um, she had been leaning towards, I'm waiting for the, you know, human services, teaching, education cluster. And then that didn't really happen. Well, they don't really make enough money anyway. <laughs> so when she told me that she found out and was researching schools and salaries and the 20 different types of occupational therapy uh, therapists, I was like, that's awesome. Go for it. So I want to go to college. That was a very, oh yeah, she's set on Los Angeles right now. I want to go to UCLA. You want to go to UCLA? Yes, yes. Kaylee, I would say you also can take uh, Tommy Lewis's job. He makes a lot of money and uh, (laughs) and a lot lot of positive impact in the world. (laughs) I was, uh, all jokes aside, you know what? I was thinking, Amanda, could you come to my house and parent me and all my children uh, that we're all adults? I, mean, I was going to invite myself for movie night. I want to hang out with popcorn Yay, and puppies. Me too. <laughs> yes. Well, we all are singers and songwriters, so everybody in my house is really musical. Uh, I just, I, I see why Tommy wanted to make sure that our community had the opportunity and the honor to hear from the two of you all. You all are special gifts in the world. You're like two amazing light bulbs that are just shining bright light into this world. And I'm grateful that you exist and that you're doing things your way. And uh, I don't know how, uh, Kaylee, you got born into the world as an adult, but uh, we're so glad that uh, you're a college student right now. Yeah, uh, but the two of you all uh, really—you can see how you uh, love each other and how well you work together, and the influence that you all are having on each other. And Tommy, that gives us hope for uh, the next generation that it's—it's going to be in good hands if if, if Kaylee's uh, around. Yeah, Eric, it absolutely does, and so you're—you're you're spot on with. Uh, the joy that we're both experiencing with having Amanda and Kaylee on the show. As I mentioned before, when I was listening to them in the session, you know, like you and I, Eric, we're working, right? We're, we're putting pieces together. We're offering up our 30 plus years of experience in this work, but there was something different and pure about Amanda and Kaylee that just rushed in the fresh air in sometimes difficult or courageous conversations. And I said, we we have to, with our power of this platform, spotlight these energies, not just the people, but the energies. And so I want to extend another opportunity to Miss Kaylee. Uh, Miss Kaylee, I've been blessed to create a summer enrichment program called the Illuminate Leadership Institute. In each summer, a six-day residential camp, it's called the Illuminate Leadership Conference, is held at Northern Kentucky University. I founded it. It's in the summertime. It's for rising seventh 
and eighth graders so who are going into their seventh grade year or eighth grade year. What we realize is that uh, there are a number of after school programs and day camps, and oftentimes they term out when the student graduates from sixth grade. And then in some towns and counties, uh, there are summer youth employment opportunities, but they typically start when the young person is 14. So there's a gap between that sixth grade and ninth grade year where our students are kind of not doing anything. And our parents, like Amanda, will still like their children to continue to develop and to be exposed to great opportunities. And so I founded the Illuminate Leadership Institute and I need folks like you. And we only have about 30 students. They're selected throughout five or six different states. And again, we come together for a week long residential opportunity. What I mean by residential is that our young people stay on Northern Kentucky University's campus. Wow. We're, we're meeting uh, sometimes politicians, business owners. Uh, we're taking field trips uh, to understand how things work, how businesses work, how municipalities or cities works. It is phenomenal. Last year, we went to a company in Northern Kentucky called Perfetti Van Mel. They make candy. And so we had the blessed opportunity to sit for an hour with their president and CEO, right? Who's a female from Canada, right? She works in Kentucky and she shared with us what does it mean to run a global company? It was phenomenal. And what I enjoyed even more at the end of the tour, we got all this candy. <laughs> that seems like a fun opportunity right there. Can I go? Incredible, right? Can I go? As long so, as you bring me home, Sam. Yeah. I'll, eat it, I'll eat it on the we'll drive eat home. It on the way. So <laughs> I'll hide it somewhere. Okay. We want to invite you to this opportunity. We'll we'll talk later. We'll see each other here in the next couple of weeks as yep. well. Um, but uh, if if you know uh, of any other rising seventh graders that you would say, hey, uh, there may be an opportunity for uh, leadership skills development, right? We don't have to be the leader now, but I think, Kaylee, you have great insight on situations and people, right? And we want to expose folks like you to their next chapter of success. If that's something that you may be interested in, I would love to talk with you and your family about. Excellent. Definitely. I thought there for a minute that, that Tommy was going to ask you. Uh, I thought there for a minute that Mr. Lewis was going to ask you to co-lead it. Uh, basically, <laughs> I mean, if you want wisdom. me to. Right. I know, right? I'm ready, Tommy. Yeah, now, hey, me, yeah real, real quick, Eric, because yeah. um, I'll, and we we have a lot of fun here, but we always uh, make connections, and I love what Eric does with making connections. So in all seriousness, not only the, the actual, um, the conference, our curriculum should be designed from both sides. And it I is. I like that, Tommy. Yep. So, so our curriculum is designed partly from Leadership Cincinnati and Leadership North Kentucky curriculum. That's for adults, right? And then also we want our curriculum to connect with the young people who are going through the process. I may be reaching out to you to get your thinking 
um, what type of activities would that sixth grader, seventh grader really want? We don't want our conference to be boring, right? <laughs> That's what we want to do. Be careful what you ask for, um, right. because you may speak your way into income. Right, and, right, and I'd like to make a hundred dollar investment in her consulting fee, Tommy. <laughs> so Thank I, you. I've already invested. Let me ask you all one other question. So I am ADHD, and I remember uh, coming up through elementary, and back when I was school, they had these reading labs, uh, the uh, SRA reading labs, and uh, ADHD is easily distracted. And so oftentimes I'd be trying to read and I'd be so distracted by people going up to get the next level that I uh, sometimes just wouldn't be able to get through my own reading. And uh, honestly, uh, at times I felt as though uh, the system never saw me uh, or, or, or cared about my learning disability uh, they, we didn't even know it as such then. And you just sort of felt isolated and on your own. And you had to sort of willpower your way uh, through school. Uh, I, I'm glad that as I grew up, I, I ultimately realized that I wasn't dumb, but I was really smart. And, uh, you know, and, and the world is beginning to change. But neural diversity is huge. And uh, my experience is that I'm not sure if, uh, everybody gets it, how we have to create systems and support. What is you all's recommendation to to students that find themselves uh, sort of being neurodiverse? You talked about autism, uh, but also for educators in schools to increase their sensitivity to, because it's almost like a luck of the draw, almost like, a you know, rolling the dice. And I think that we ought to be able to do better than just rolling the dice. If you get a great educator, you're you're fortunate. If you get one that's insensitive and thinks that you've been spoiled and you need more, you know, more discipline, uh, people misinterpret uh, neurodiversity. What's you all's recommendation to both students that experience this and uh, educators in school systems to make sure that we are properly prepared to do, to support that aspect of the DEIB uh, wheel. So for the educator, so like not only do you have to have a kind heart and a caring soul, like you have to have open eyes. You oh. have to be able to. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Woo! You have to be aware of what's going on in your classroom. Yes. You can't just be focused on like um, your favorite student. Teachers aren't supposed to have favorite students. It's against the teacher code. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, fair. It's against the rule. That's fair. Um, you, you need to be aware of what your students are feeling. And um and for the students, like they need to know that their teachers care about them and that they are aware and that, so that they, they can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I don't want to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the, tree that they can't, you're the tree that this little seed came from, so we know you got something, Mom. I will say um, we've kind of been going through this with 
her younger sister uh, and a recent diagnosis of ADHD. Um, And it really helped us to find an analogy that worked for her. And it's not going to be an analogy that works for every kid with ADHD. But if teachers have this kind of bank or this toolbox of, of things to pull from, I think it can help. And the one that works for Emma is that her brain is like a race car. It's going really fast all the time, but her brakes are that of a bicycle. Right. She just can't put the brakes on sometimes. Um, And just having that analogy in our heads as parents and siblings um, and her pediatrician that kind of worked with us through all of that, that helped us kind of reframe our perspective of what ADHD looks like because autism, you might've heard if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And I think ADHD is very similar. Emma's ADHD is Emma's ADHD. It's not textbook ADHD. And her little race car is her little race car and her brakes are struggling sometimes. You know, it's, it's a real thing. And that might not work for everybody. Uh, they might feel like their uh, brains are bicycles and they're just pedaling right. to keep up. Yeah, um, exactly. There may be something totally not transportation related that works better um, for, for other kids. So. Well, let me, yeah, let me follow up that with this. The race, I love that analogy because it moves you from disabled to differently able. And understanding that uh, your brain uh, uh, makeup is a gift. And I certainly have learned, it took a lifetime to learn that I wasn't the dumb kid, that I actually was was smarter, and that the things that I love, I can't get enough of reading. I didn't realize that. And I was just working with music with my youngest son last night. Uh, All my kids, all four of them are ADD or ADHD. All four of them. Uh, and, uh, but they're brilliant. And uh, so I'm working with my son last night, and he is, uh, he's a, a really gifted engineer with music. But he had taken his medicine yesterday. So not only was he able to do the music, but he was able to try to teach me how to do the engineering. And because he had taken his medicine and could open up his mouth, you know what I realized? He was too fast. I mean, he was just, I wasn't going to get it. He was saying stuff like it was common sense. Oh, Dad, you'll get this. He flipped something, did something else, popped a few things up. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not at that speed, you know. And so, but it was beautiful for me to see. Because as a parent, you don't always know the superpowers that your gifted children have. And to be able to see that. I was just smiling and I wanted to affirm him. So whatever uh, messages that go on in his brain that say that I'm slower or less than, you got to flip the script on that, brother, because in the things that you love, in the spaces that you really are gifted to operate in. And so I appreciate both of you and your perspective. Tommy? Yeah, Eric, I'm seeing a podcast for the Bell Brilliance podcast podcast i do too i, see I really same. do i see the you same, know, and, same as uh as kaylee mentioned she and her classmates uh did a great job of creating this podcast for the middle school twin hoffer 
um, which was, I saw it, great success. It looked great. I can see other episodes, but I also see that the use of technology may allow Kaylee and the Bell family to uh, continue to grow, learn, and share what I'm thinking and I'm saying it's, it's God's gifts. I'm experiencing God's gifts in them and it should not be it shouldn't be bottled in kenton county school district has a gym in kaylee bale they have a gym a true diamond out of the rough right and this diamond simply needs to be exposed to sunlight eric yep. right i'm not saying that by way of just trying to booster her up i saw it when I first saw her, yeah, and again, 30 years of experience meeting hundreds of thousands of people, I said, oh my, right? And I'm looking around in the meeting like, are you all seeing this? Right, right. right. <laughs> Why is it sun, the sun shining in this room, right? right? That was Kaylee Bale. Right, so and, what, right. and what yeah. I wanna do is I wanna further uh, speak to that uh, with some transparency. Uh, Tommy and I teach that all people have bias. Bias is a human condition. And so all of us have to work on uh, that. Uh, our brain makes preconceptions. Every second we get 11 million bits, you, you know. Uh, you know. And so the reason why you all are here is because of Tommy Lewis. And he was so excited about what you all stood for. And Kaylee, who you were. And Amanda, who you were as her mother. And so when you all first came on, Tommy wasn't here. I met you quickly and there was a little bit of shyness. And so, uh, so I, I said, okay, we'll join up. Da, da, da. And I put everything on side. Then I text Tommy. Hey, Tommy, you know, I, I met them. They're wonderful people. We might have to get some other stuff ready just in case they don't get to the end. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing about people who value DEIB. They, they, they are able to see beneath a stereotype or a small sliver of experiences. And Tommy had already told me about something that was deeper than what I had seen in that moment. But if people only judge people by the moment that they see them and they don't believe that underneath that is something deep, uh, and wide and valuable, they'll never be able to mine the gold that exists within people. But as soon as Tommy showed up with all of his confidence and knowledge about who you all were, he quickly unlocked something that I can see easily and readily. And Tommy, we're on the exact same page because Kaylee, what I was seeing is a series of educator videos uh, that you can put together, you and your mom together. People need to hear your voice. They need to hear the voice of students. They need to hear the voice of wisdom, kindness, and caring. Uh, you can lead with that. Uh, but you all are amazing gifts. And I am grateful, grateful, grateful that I my life was enriched and blessed by both of you being amazing, amazing people. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate the, that invitation. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that brings our show to an end. What? We want to thank Amanda Bell and Kaylee Bell 
uh, for joining us today. Uh, as the world sees this podcast, we are viewed from our community, definitely from coast to coast in the U.S. Uh, you can revisit this podcast on any device and platform that you listen to your podcast. And we would like to thank, I would like to thank uh, Amanda Bell and uh, the beautiful and so intelligent Kaylee Bell for uh, extending your time with us today. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, be more loving nice to your sister. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was a humbling experience, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, for seeing I've her been, and I've seeing us. Waiting and for this. She's December. been very excited and it's been a great experience. Thank you. Thank you. Two amazing people. Woo, woo. Our future's in good hands from both good of hands. you. Love you. Yeah, close us out, Eric. Well, uh, community, uh, we always have a special surprise for you. Uh, whether you're watching this right now or you see it later, I'm going to tell you that there's no way that you can walk away from this and not be changed, uh, to not be encouraged uh, by the caring, uh, the kindness that we've heard from both Amanda uh, and Kaylee, uh, neither greater, neither lesser, both amazing. And uh, you all have contributed something special to us today. And so we want you all to remember the messages that you heard today throughout the week. And then we'll see you next week at the same time for another installment of Diversity Conversations. Bye now. Take care. Thank right. you for joining us for another episode of Diversity Conversations. Visit us on LinkedIn, YouTube, and of course, Facebook. We will see you at the next conversation.